I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participation restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United podcast. My name is Will and as usual I'm joined by my good pals and my co-hosts, Hodgie and Grey. Yeah, are you, lads? Good, I'm just about to sneeze, so it's going to go horribly wrong. <laughs> Gray's intros are becoming a bit of a thing now, aren't they? Last week he was all full of joy and energy. This week he's sneezing, obviously allergic to us losing. That's what it is, yeah. Gray, you were out last night, weren't you? Sampling the fine foods of Newcastle upon Tyne, where were you? Went to Dabawal for, for a nice little curry. Best curry in Newcastle, got to say. Whoa, that's a bold claim. Hodgie, do you agree? Um, Yeah, it's good. I, think it's I can't think of anywhere else that would be good. Like, there's a good one. Is it like Denton area? This might be quite good. The new New Bengal on Gossie High Street is pretty good. That's where I go for my curry. You just love the new New Bengal. Didn't the old New Bengal burn down? Yeah, that's why there's a new New. <laughs> <laughs> I like how they're original with their name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The new New. Gray, what did you order? I had a chicken tikka jal frazi. Oh, I was really hoping you would be saying a chicken tikka masala there. Chicken tikka jalfrezi, so what, a bit of spice to it. Bit of spice, lots of peppers, lots of tomato. What side order? The chef's bread basket and some rice. But I'd usually go for like spinach and paneer. Ooh, no naans in there? Yeah, gotta got have naans. Oh, I was going to say. Not pishwari, though. Pishwari's with devil's work. Oh, get in the bin with that stuff, man. Pishwari naans, horrific. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad we all agree. Yeah. What? Fucking who wants sultanas and bread? <laughs> 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 Give your head a wobble, India. <laughs> it's got to be garlic naan. Garlic naan all the way. I don't know, keema. You can't beat me with keema naan. Hodgie, you were on a liquid diet yesterday, weren't you? Aye. A couple of pints of Guinness and finish off with a nice gin tonic. When he says a couple, multiply that by four. <laughs> In my ranty voice note I got at about fucking 11 o'clock last night, you were walking back going, I've had eight pints of Guinness, I've had three baby Guinness, and I've had... Gin. There was a hiccup in between as well. <coughs> Two gin and tonics. Yep. That's uh, right. So, there you go. Where are you, Quattro, last night? Where else would I be? If anyone wants to know where to find Hodge on a match day, <laughs> it's not hard. <laughs> Canal. But yes, I think the eight or six or whatever pints it were were definitely needed yesterday, weren't they? Unfortunately, we are recording on the back of another defeat, this time to Brighton, and who we lost miserably to yesterday, 3-0 away down in Brighton at the Amex. But before we get into it, I guess three-word review or three little words, as our editor Peter suggested, which I think has got a much better ring to it. So three little words to sum up that game yesterday, and because I went to you first, Gray, we'll start with you. I'm so unprepared. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's three, isn't it? It's three. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so underprepared. Unprepared. What did you say? Oh. <laughs> Am I okay? <laughs> Am I having a stroke? <laughs> okay. Well, maybe we'll come back to you, Hodge. Another shit show. <laughs> Mine aren't going to be in any particular order, but it was spineless. Oh God, here we go. <laughs> toothless. <laughs> and shite. <laughs> was not a fan of yesterday's performance at all. But yeah, we don't just have the Brighton results to talk about. It's not all doom and gloom upon this podcast. Well, it depends which lens you look at it. We're also talking about Newcastle United's first Champions League draw or group stage in 21 years. So they had the draw earlier in the week. Spoilers. We've got the group of death. Of course we did. We've also drawn Man City, I think, in the third round of the, what do they call it now? The fucking EFL Cup or something, Carabao, whatever the fuck you want to call it these days. That one that we lost last year. So we've got a few things to talk about in this episode, so I guess we'll jump right into it. Gray, given that you only caught bits of the match and Hodge is absolutely chomping at the bit to record this morning, I'll go to you first, Hodge. So 3-0 defeat, what were your initial thoughts? Like, we can't pass the ball. <laughs> we can't get a shot on target. There was many things to go wrong. I don't know really where to start. It started off quite bright, though, to be fair. We had a couple of, like, chances early doors. I think Tonali put a good cross in for Isaac, but just managed to shank it from the edge of the six-yard box, which is very unlike him. I thought it would be in quite a calm, comfortable finish for him from there. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of fell apart from there, really. Like, we just weren't stringing passes together. Everything seemed a bit rushed, or we were under-hitting a lot, quite wayward completely different to what last season was like I, I don't understand how I've had such a deterioration over the off season and even in the pre-season when we were in the US looked pretty mm-hmm. solid so I just don't know don't know where things are going wrong at the minute I mean it, it's a tough run of fixtures don't get us wrong like we've got a look at that from the bigger picture we've got a couple of nice ones coming up but if we don't capitalize on them then we're going to be in some severe trouble I think yeah it, it's a hard one and you're like is it down to this is it down to that but then I remember we smashed Aston Villa 5-1 on opening day, like which was a, probably a continuation of that good form you were talking about in pre-season. I think last week against Liverpool, we probably put it down to some poor decision-making from the sidelines, maybe Eddie Howe making the wrong choices. Going into this game, I think we'd been calling out for some changes to the team sheet. There was one change, but it was forced. Unfortunately, Sven Botman picked up an injury against Liverpool, which meant that Matt Target has to come in at left-back and Dan Byrne moves over to centre-half. I think we really missed Sven Botman yesterday, but if we put last week's defeat down to maybe some bad tactical decisions or some bad substitutions at the wrong time, I think this week was definitely down to the fucking players on the pitch. Didn't see enough drive, didn't see enough fight. Come on to it in a bit, but Bruno just went missing. I don't know where the fuck he was for 90 minutes. And yet again, Sandro's hoiked off as arguably the best player, showing the most drive, the most fight. As you say, Hodge, I think fucking Isaac had two left boots on yesterday. He just couldn't finish for shite. Nothing went our way yesterday. And I think it's down to the players. They just didn't want it enough, whereas Brighton really did. Gray, before I continue this rant, do you want to jump in? I say, you're starting to sound like me. What's going on? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, through the week, Joe Linton hadn't really been training with the team because he'd been carrying an injury. So I was a little bit surprised to see him straight in the starting lineup again. Like you say, we're playing Brighton, who very fit side, like to run around a lot like us. And yeah, I just I was a bit surprised if he is carrying an injury. We want players fully fit and we're not really short of options in that midfield role. So why not give him a bit of a break and, like you say, mix it up? Yeah, I just feel like we're just like a broken record, just 
the same team, you know exactly what's going to happen. Tanai's going to get hooked off at 70 minutes for some unknown reason. I just don't know what, what's going on. And it's got to be time for a bit of a mix-up, surely. I think the one thing that we're really suffering from at the minute is that midfield three is not gelling and is not working well together. So Jolent and Bruno and Tonali, they're not working well together. Gray, obviously you said Joe Linton seemed like he was picking up or working with a bit of an injury. That's the case. Bring in Longstaff. Just do it from the offset. We need changes to be made. But I think it's a formational and maybe a tactical issue. We are providing absolutely no cover for our back four. And teams are being incredibly successful when they're playing, what would you call it, in that gap between midfield and our defensive line. Against Aston Villa, Diaby was playing in that area, just roaming in there. No one picking him up. Against Liverpool, it was Salah. Yesterday, it was Evan Ferguson and João Pedro. They were finding themselves pretty much unmarked in that area. And against Man City, I think it was probably Phil Foden. All these players who are just playing in between the lines are finding so much success and no one is providing any cover. And I don't know who it should be, but... Joe Linton's good at tracking back and he's good as like a sweeper role. Those long legs, he breaks up the play. Last season, we had Bruno, I think, playing there, a slightly deeper role, but he's not playing there or he's not doing the business. He's not breaking up play. And then you got Sandro, who probably prefers to go forward a bit more than the other two. I think we're really missing a trick by not protecting the back four with a midfield player. I think the whole point was we were supposed to play a six and two eights, which is really successful. You see Ange Postacoglu at, at Tottenham employing that system and it's doing really well we need to be doing something similar so if that's bringing in sean longstaff who'll play in that role and do that then fucking do it but you need to make some changes and you need to plug that gap hodge did you want to jump in with something before we go to gray yeah just a quick one like you say like it's a broken record and it's kind of rinse and repeat we've brought signings in but we've got no plan b which i think is quite interesting given the talent that we have kind of brought in I totally agree with you on saying maybe he's bring Longstaff in. I would happily have him sit the deepest out of the three and just hold that area. If you're going to drop someone, who do you drop? Bruno. Is it going to be Joe Linton if he's injured or is it going to be Bruno because his form? How is he going to take that? He's a passionate bloke. Will he take it well? Will he take it bad? That's a problem for Eddie to, to mull over really, but a, a change needs to be made because everything's been very similar. I also think we should just help Miggy off. Just I, I, yeah. I can't see a spot for him now, man. Like, He's so one-dimensional. You know exactly what he's going to do most times out of none. Yeah. I mean, fair play to him. He did use his right foot twice yesterday, <laughs> which I noted <laughs> down on my phone while I was watching the game. But it's very much a like less week in, week out. And watching the highlights of the Brentford game that they played yesterday, I'm quite worried for this game if we don't make some changes. <laughs> yeah, let's just put it on record. We were dreadful yesterday. Yeah. There's no getting about it. Like We were awful. Second best in absolutely every aspect of the pitch and of play. There was not really any excuse for it yesterday. We've probably been quite unlucky with how the fixtures have fallen because of the way we play and the way we're looking to try and implement this high press and win the ball back as early as possible. I think we've played three, probably of the four teams in the league who are probably capable of playing around that high press relatively comfortably. And I think that's been shown these last few weeks. Like City are just a different class and they know exactly what to do almost in any situation. Liverpool, they completely changed the game when Jota came on and Nunes and they managed to find that space, like you said, in between the midfield and the defence, which Jota is so, so good at. And then Nunes just running on to score those goals. And then yesterday, 
Brighton, again, a team who are very composed and who are able to probably navigate that high press a lot more easily than, say, like your Villas could, mm. hopefully your Brentfords and teams going forwards. But it is pretty concerning because in order to be a great team, we need to be beating those teams who are going to be in and around where we're going to be finishing. Exactly. The and it's exactly what Eddie Howe said in the documentary. We need to be beating these teams in order to give ourselves a chance. And we've, yeah, almost fallen up the first hurdle and we're going to have some catching up to do now, which I know we're only four games in and so we've got some catching up to do. But if we're serious about wanting to compete again in the Champions League next year, we can't afford to be losing to those teams around us. We need to be taking yeah. points off, at least some of them. Yeah, I don't personally like this whole tough run of fixtures comment because every fixture is tough. You know, this league can go anyway. Any match can go anyway. Like, to your point, if we're going to be at this level and we want to consistently be playing Champions League football, all of these fixtures are going to be tough, but we need to be at that level and we don't need to just be lying down and taking defeats like we did yesterday. It was uh, kind of disgraceful. Uh, Hodge? Yeah, I just want to put on there, like, I'm not trying to get, like, super doom and gloom and say this is doomsday, like, it's we're done, we're dead for. There's still a long way to go, and we've got a very compatible group of players that we have. They all work together. Most times out and on, maybe he's not seen it really this early in the season, but there's definitely runner fixtures that are going to look tasty. There's definitely results out there that are going to come our way and we're going to get that good feeling back again. It's just a small blip. I believe that we've got the tools to turn this around but it needs to be turned around earlier rather than later. Like you say, like we don't want to get, in quotation marks, left behind. It's going to be hard times for some people down the line. Maybe it's not for teams like Man City because they're just like robots are different. But where we are now, we need to really switch on and get going again because four games behind, one win. Let's bring them good times back, lads. Come on. Mm, I don't like your positivity. <laughs> <laughs> this early on a Sunday morning, it's not good for my soul. Gray, go on. Yeah, probably just final point on this from me anyway. Yeah, if you like could, we, just shut the fuck up. Like. <laughs> <laughs> we have to remember, like, last season, we had a run of about 12 games where we weren't managing to score goals after Christmas and after the World Cup. And, yeah, we really struggled At least there. we weren't losing, though. We weren't, but we lost a couple. But I'm really hoping and trying to stay positive that that blip has come early this year and that if we can build some momentum and peak in the next few weeks, then we can carry that momentum through the rest of the season and hopefully carry some of that into the Champions League, which is going to be very, very exciting. In OG messaging the group, I've got one final point. After that final point, <laughs> we, are, we are the podcast of about seven final points. I was trying to segue into the Champions League as well. No, it was noted. Well done, Gray. Uh, but all your efforts were in vain because I also have final points. So <laughs> we haven't necessarily talked about the specifics. If we quickly breeze through the events of the game, so. Their first goal is a result of Nick Pope, again, very suspect with his feet and his distribution, pings it straight to a Brighton player, then he's scrambling back. We struggle to clear our lines. Someone fires the ball in, Pope, he kind of, I can't remember who it's from, maybe Pascal Gross or something, but it's a tough shot, which he doesn't save and kind of bundles right into the path of Evan Ferguson, that 18-year-old Brighton striker who puts it away. So their first goal is absolutely a result of poor Newcastle United play. Their second goal hopefully highlights the point I was making about no protection in between the lines because Evan Ferguson has all the time in the world to run at our defence and he's about 25 yards out, just has a pop at goal, completely unmarked and unchallenged. Disgraceful. 
And then the third goal is just some faffing around on the edge of our 18-yard box. And then it deflects in off fucking Fabian Cher, but he gets a hat-trick. So all very, very, very bad goals to concede, I would say, and all could have been prevented. But I think generally on the day, Matt Target was poor, Kieran Trippier was poor, Cher looked like he picked up a bit of a niggle towards the end of the game. Dan Byrne didn't look very comfortable at centre-half. Obviously, Bruno was a missing man. I thought Sandro made a couple of errors, but you can tell he's always trying. And I don't understand why he keeps taking him off at fucking 70 minutes. Isaac, again, just didn't look like he could hit a fucking barn door yesterday. But the positives are that we brought on Callum Wilson. And the point we were making... Premier League defenders don't like playing against Callum Wilson. He gets in their faces. He causes trouble. He causes a mistake by, uh, I don't even know who the fuck the Brighton centre-half was. It wasn't Lewis Dunk. It was the other one. Webster, I think, wasn't it? No, no. It was like some Dutch-sounding guy's name, Van Heck or something. I don't know. But he he forces an error and then finishes very well. Callum Wilson should 100% be starting the next game for Newcastle. I agree. We should give Isaac and we should give Bruno some time on the bench to kind of hopefully build up that motivation, in my opinion. Very poor result all round, but all goals that are very easily preventable, I would say. But fine margins, as we always say, fine margins. Uh, Hodge, your final point before we move on to the, the halftime break. Yeah, we're not a Brighton podcast by any stretch of the imagination, but Ferguson's class, isn't he? Like, shout out to him. He played an absolute blinder. His second goal was class, like just placed that from like 26, 27 yards. He's an absolute baller. He made his professional debut at 14. He's 18 and he can punish teams. I want to sign him in January. <laughs> yeah. They probably bought him for like fucking 50 quid or something knowing Brighton, didn't they? Aye, uh, probably. 18 years old, man. Honestly, they got him from Bohemians in Ireland. I can know he's got 10 goals in 24 games. Yeah, I wouldn't mind a, a cheeky beard on, on Evan Ferguson for the future. See him being a future number nine, couldn't you? But yes, indeed, he had a great game, but we kind of gave it to them on a plate, I would say. All right, that just about does us for halftime, I would say. We're going to go to a quick break now, and then we'll be back to talk about the Champions League draw. (laughs) I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app, at participation restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. <laughs> right, we're back and we're talking about Champions League draw, the group of death. But before we do that, we should probably do our social plugs. So you can find our podcast on all major podcasting platforms Acast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it, we're on there. So you've got no excuse not to listen. We'd really appreciate it if you could give us a listen. And if you're feeling super generous, a five star rating or review. You can find us on Twitter at TOTT Podcast, on Instagram at TOTT underscore podcast, and on Facebook by searching for Talk of the Tune Podcast. We'd really appreciate it. Also, if you give us a follow on any one of them, would be class. Thanks. 
Right, okay, so we're back. Earlier in the week, we had our first Champions League draw for, as I say, over 20 years. And I think, yet again, I may have jinxed it. So obviously, because we were in the fourth pool, or whatever you want to call it, a lot of the groups had been decided already, or we had an idea of which group we're going to be in. I think we all said, we definitely don't want to be in Group F. I think I said, we're definitely going to be in Group F. <laughs> Lo and behold, Eric Abadal opens that fucking ball, and we're in Group F. So... <laughs> We know who our opponents are in the group stages of the Champions League. We've got Paris Saint-Germain, uh, Borussia Dortmund, and AC Milan. Yeah, I don't think the draw could have gone much worse in terms of an <laughs> opponent's point of view, could it, Gray? Depends how you look at it. I'm quite excited to see... see yes. Uh, Keep that in, please, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to send that little bite there to Will, and you'll just play that and repeat over and over and over. On your ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it depends which way you look at it. I'm personally quite excited to see how we fare up against those three teams. I mean, absolute giants in world football. And being our first season back in the Champions League after so long, it'll be a good yardstick just to see where we're at against some world-class teams. And obviously excited for Tenali to play again against his boyhood club. I say boyhood club, he support well, he's an AC Milan supporter isn't he so that'd be an interesting one to watch especially Milan away first up so yeah I'm just super excited to see it at the same time having nightmares of Mpape running past Dan Byrne I think Dan Byrne's probably having the same nightmares (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah just very very excited to see it and it's going to be here before we know it yeah I think we may well go out in the group stages but hopefully we'll go out with a bang at some of the best stadiums in all of Europe I think you're right. In that respect, we've got quite lucky. Some of the away days are going to be fantastic. And myself, Ali, are, um, what would you call him? What would you call the teachers that uh, substitute? There you go. Yes, yeah, <laughs> Ali, our, our supply co-host, and James booked flights to Milan. Accommodation sorted. So missing piece of the puzzle is just getting some tickets now. But I'm hoping if we don't get the away end tickets, we could just sit with all the, the mental AC fans. But... San Siro, I think, is one I really want to tick off my list. So hopefully I get the opportunity to do so. Points-wise, Hodge, can you see us getting many against people like Dortmund and PSG and, and Milan? I mean, all doing very well in their respective leagues and, and we're not currently. Yeah, I was going to say, in in the moment now, no. <laughs> not if we play like that. We've got a two-week break before we even come back to play against Brentford. So hopefully they can sort themselves out. But you know what? It's Champions League football. I think the players are really going to be up for it. The fans are definitely going to be up for it. It's going to be one hell of an atmosphere at that first game, the first home game, rather, even though we'll, we'll travel well. I think putting on an absolute show in front of the PSG lot will be a, a, an amazing sight. I think War Flags will have something very, very special planned for a Champions League night on the 4th of October for that one. Look, anything can happen. It's football. I think we can definitely cause a slight upset. Maybe as in Milan, I think we could do something. Just go out, all out attack. Why not? We've got nothing to lose, really, have we? Everyone's going to be against us, no matter what we do now. Just go in, have a go, have a crack, show up, see what happens. Yeah, it's it's a very exciting prospect, you have to say, but I don't know, like, I think all of the other English teams have got a, a fairly easy run in comparison to us, but it, I guess at least we have the 
Europa Cup, what do you call it, the Europa League? The thing that I think with the fixtures is quite interesting, though. We've got Brentford, then Milan, and then we come straight back and play Sheffield United. Two-day break. Yeah, and then we play City, and then we play Burnley, and then we play PSG. It's like, what the fuck? Complete opposite end of the spectrum <laughs> of football, like, isn't it? It's going to be interesting to see what happens during that time. Yeah, it's mental. It reminds me, so we're playing Milan on the 19th, yeah. and we're playing Brentford on the 17th, so... yeah. Are we going to have to fly straight to Milan on the 17th after the match, have one day to prepare, and then play Milan? I, I don't really see how that's fair or how that's worked out that way, but surely they should be planning around that to avoid situations like this. You're going from the most competitive league in all of Europe, in the Premier League, by the way, not Champions League, to then play a Champions League game two days later. I can't see it boding too well for us, to be honest. I think it's six games in 15 days, I think, is what it works out at. That's ridiculous. From Newcastle-Brentford all the way to Newcastle-PSG. That's nuts. Let me just say Jurgen Klopp was right about the fixtures being too tight together. No, no, he's never right about anything. (laughs) Fucking turkey teeth, I hate him. Yeah, it's certainly going to be a really, really tough period for us. And I'm always on the side of doom and gloom after any defeat. I'll always take it badly. But I'm now looking at our team and looking at, you know, Jamal LaSalle's having to come on yesterday. I'm thinking, although he did look, he looked all right, he looked steady. Um, we really have no depth at centre half, especially with our lad, Sonny Botman, being out. I don't really know if we're Champions League ready. I said, when we were bringing people like Tonali and Barnes, why is Barnes not getting more minutes, by the way? Fucking disgrace. Ooh, I'll be Barnes. Ooh. When I saw some of these signings coming in, I thought, great, we're Champions League ready. We've got some depth, but. I think these last few games have really highlighted some areas in which the top brass probably should have strengthened. It's a tough one. But Champions League, we have some games to look forward to. Gray, I think you got the Champions League package or whatever you want to call it, didn't you? So you're going to be going to some of the home games. Yeah, we're going to as many of it. Well, hopefully all three home games. So yeah, very excited for that. Yeah, I think, as you say, the atmosphere is going to be class there. I'm not particularly drawn to Paris, but I don't know whether that's because I've been to Paris a few times. Ooh, get me. (laughs) <laughs> or because of like the the absolute shit show that was the Champions League final last was it two years ago when people were just rushing the fucking stands oh, and trying was, to get uh, in? Was it when Liverpool yeah. were there? Wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was Liverpool. Who did they beat in that Champions League final? Was it City? No, Real. It was not Spurs. That was no, Spurs. that was it. That was in um, Atletico Madrid. That was call ourselves a football podcast, eh? Yeah, I don't really have a big draw to Liverpool, but I think the yellow wall in Dortmund would be something to see before you die, wouldn't it? Their TIFOs kind of put ours to shame a little bit or may well be the inspiration behind our TIFOs. So I think it's going to be a TIFO off or a flag off, isn't it, between us and them? I wonder if you can bring one as an away team. The thing with the away tickets, apparently we only get allocated about 2,000 tickets. Oh, I think it was 4,000 really? in Paris, but the San Siro in Dortmund was 2,000. Well, I'm never going then. San Siro's 80,000 capacity. Surely they'd give you more than fucking 2,000. You'd think so, but apparently not. I guess I'm going to be sat there with Giuseppe and all my t- Italian mates having to not celebrate when we inevitably put three past uh, him, AC Milan. But I'm looking forward to it. It should be a good time regardless. Obviously, first step is try and get some tickets to the way and Second step is try and get some home tickets. Then third step is find some raggy Italian bar to watch with all the Italian geezers and try not no, to just get... going to try and storm the ground. I think happens. so. Just Paris style, yeah. <laughs> end up in the clink. Just, it'll just end up with all the ultras. How did I get here? <laughs> <laughs> Well, yes, looking forward to getting some Champions League football under the belt, although sceptical as to how well it's actually going to go. Fingers crossed and all that, like, woohoo. 
Okay, uh, we should probably start wrapping it up. But before we do, I think with the Brentford game, I think exactly two weeks today. So Sunday, the 17th of September, after the international break, I think the changes are going to need to be made in my mind. But I was saying that for the fucking Brighton game too. So let's hope, much like Steve Bruce did, that Eddie Howe listens to this podcast and takes our advice on board because we just dish it out for free, Eddie. Um, We're not asking for any payment (laughs) or anything. Hodge, changes that you'd make going into the Brentford game? Well, it all depends if if Botman's going to be fit, because if Botman's fit, then I guess Boom gets put the left. But I'd like to see Young Hall get a call up or get some at least some time on the game, on the pitch. Sorry, I'd like to see Longstaff on probably four. I'd say uh, I'm going to say Bruno, and I think I would move Isaac out wide and take Miggy off and start Wilson. That would probably be my uh, every other position probably similar to what we've just seen. So Pope, Trippier, Shaw. Maybe it's Botman, Byrne, Hall on the left. And then I'd have Gordon as well out on the left because I think he's been class. He's been good to watch. Gray, any changes you'd make ahead of Brentford? Yeah, well, one, certainly Wilson has to start. Yeah. He has to come into the middle. And I don't know how I feel about Isaac on the right. But I'd see either Gordon or Barnes on either side. Yeah, I'd like to see Barnes start and then... Yeah, hopefully like Willick should be back as well after the international no, break. No, he's so. got a setback in his injury, apparently, another six weeks. Ah, uh, that's no good. Yeah, that's a shame. so I think we're going to be missing young Joe Willick for a few more weeks, which is annoying because he's kind of exactly what we're missing, yeah. But yeah, I think Longstaff needs to have a run around. This provides some more energy, and I think, yeah, the legs him and Tenali will give us a midfield. Yeah, I'd say Longstaff in for Bruno and Barnes for Miggy. Okay. Yeah, I agree with Wilson. I'd be starting Wilson, definitely. I'd have Anthony Gordon on the right, and I'd have Harvey Barnes starting on the left. I'd have Joe Linton and Tanali as your two number eights, and I'd bring Longstaff on as your six to protect or try and protect that back four and marshal that area. And then I agree. I was not convinced by Matt Target at all yesterday. Got to assume probably that Sven Botman's going to be out still. So I would have Lewis Hall on the left of defence as well. I think fucking Trippier was that convincing as well. And there's an argument to say that Nick Pope didn't have his best game, So, but you don't really want to be faff around with your goalkeeper too much, and we don't know how settled Dubravka is at the minute, so probably keep Pope for the time being because his shot-stopping ability is usually quite good. I'd like to see more time maybe for Livermento as well at some point. Hodgy, final point before we do predictions? Yeah, the funny thing is, like, we've obviously in the past spoke about Matt Target being a great option at that left back. He is Mr. Consistent, right? But he needs games to mm. be consistent. Like, in having him in, out, in, out is just never really going to do him and his game any good. I don't know what you guys think about that, but I just think he just, if we're going to play him, we'll need to have to have a consistent approach, really. But then you've got Burn who plays left, you've got Hall who plays left, like... So I don't see him getting much time to get his consistency back, if that makes sense. It's a good option to have. We've got six games in 15 days. So, I mean, there is an argument there that he could get some consistency by playing every other game in that period of time. True, true. Be interesting to see how it comes, though, because like, like in the past we've been like, oh, he's been great. Like I say, he needs that consistency, I feel. Definitely. Um, yeah, so let's see how that goes. Okay, predictions, score predictions against Brentford. So, Hodgie, we'll go to you first. Oh, I've got to try and be fucking positive. 1-0 to Newcastle. 1-0 Newcastle. Ah, come on, we're going to have to get a win. Grey? I don't see us keep it, keeping a clean sheet, though. 
So I'm going to go 2-1 Newcastle. First thing that popped into my head, I'm going to go 1-1 one, one draw, I reckon. Ooh. Yeah, anything's better than fucking losing. Tell you that for <laughs> nothing. <laughs> uh, right, so that just about rounds us up. I guess the last thing to do is say thank you all very much for listening, and we will see you in the next one. Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye. Oh, me lads, you should have seen us coming. Passing the books along the road. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 